So Luke from Forking Country was talking about in this video how every morning he would get on his phone and he would be reading the Bible on his phone while they, his kids were, I don't know if they were sitting at the table or what, or even if he said, I can't remember, but, and he would be reading the Bible. So obviously like he wasn't just scrolling and doing stuff mindlessly. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was kind of a little bit of his quiet time that he would just kind of have with God, even though noise was going on or whatever. And then he realized like my kids are sitting here, my son or whoever, they're sitting here just seeing me and all they see is me on my phone. They don't see that I'm reading the Bible. Yeah. And so, um, they, you know, there, there could be endless amount of things that I could be doing, um, on my phone. Um, and they don't know that what I'm doing. And so, um, he then started going into his room or whatever he went and he got his physical Bible and then he went back and he started reading his Bible in the morning. Same thing, just in his physical Bible instead of on his phone. And he started doing that. And I don't know if he said how long he had been doing that when this happened, but he, he started doing that. And then he also had a notebook um, and he would just jot down things that stood out to him that God was telling him, speaking to him through what he was reading and all the things. So after whatever amount of time that he was doing this, his son saw this. And again, I don't know much about him, so I don't know how old his son is, but from the sound of it, he's, he's pretty young. I don't know how young though. His son went and into his, or he asked his dad, he's like, dad, what are you doing? And so Luke told him and he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm writing in my journal about things that God's telling me or speaking to me through his word or whatever it is, things that stand out to me. So his son left the room and he came back in with, I think he said his notebook. And I don't know if he said his notebook and his Bible, but I think for sure a notebook. Yeah. And he started doing the same thing. Oh, wow. Started, you know, doing what his dad was doing because yeah. he saw how important it was that his dad was sitting down every morning and doing this. And so then, you know, he then talks about like how your kids see everything you do, doesn't matter how young they are, you know, and, and how, you know, and I didn't listen to the rest of the little bit of the video and, and then it cut off, you know, because it was like they didn't show the whole video or whatever on this little post. But then it made me think, you know, of course I have a son. So I thought of that first, but then I thought also like in general, people go by demonstration of how you live your life mm -hmm. and um, it might, you know, and, and obviously it's important to talk about Christianity and our faith and the things we believe in. And there's a time and a place to say specific things. Like for instance, we're on this podcast and we're talking about God and all the things in our life. But then there's also just, it, it's, it's, it's just so much more impactful most of the time, not always, most of the time though, whenever you're just living your life, you're doing mm -hmm. your day-to-day -day things or making those small changes. Like instead of scrolling on your phone, you're sitting there reading your Bible or even though he was on his Bible on his phone, but you know, things like that, that people see you do yeah. and see the importance of it in your life. And then it might spark interest in them. They might go grab their Bible and open it or their notebook and just start writing things that they see the blessings yeah. in their life or whatever, just to see what it feels like. And, and then it might, completely changed their life and you know obviously it starts in your home so whether you're married or not like if you're married and you have kids like then obviously it starts with that but then if you're not but you do live with someone it could be your sibling or even your mom or dad or whatever um but or it might just be you by yourself but you cultivating habits like that in your home by yourself um will outpour into the world outside of your home in your actions. And so yeah. people will see that. So anyway, that was literally just this morning. So that's a serious one. Okay, actually, I have a serious one. So there's a new song out by Corey Asbury called Kind. And it's a good song. And I listened to it on my way to work this morning. And um, it made me tear up because it's got really good meaning behind it. <laughs> that was my transition sound. Um, <laughs> as I look up these words, but it's talking about all these things that we go through in our lives. Like sometimes like disappointments come really hard trials come. Um, and like, sometimes we question God and what he's doing, but the chorus talks about how, like, I've tried to run from Jesus. I've started holy wars. I've tried the patient waiting and the kicking down the doors. I've cursed his name in anger with my fist raised to the sky and in return, all he's ever, ever been is kind. Mm -hmm. And so really good song. If you've not heard it yet. That's good for what we're going to talk about today. Kind of crazy. Um, so I 
listen to that song. Um, I think my favorite part of it is the bridge where it goes, and I know I wasn't there, but when I look up at the cross, I see the darkest day in history. I guess that's what kindness costs. Um, and then the last chorus, I've tried to run from Jesus. I've started holy wars. I've tried the patient waiting and the kicking down the doors. He knows I don't deserve it, but he's never changed his mind. All he's ever been is kind. It's mm. so... That was really good. Good. Well, so I sent that to my mom. I sent her a text message and I was like, you should listen to this song if you haven't already because it's like fairly new. Um, and I said, and she, she said that she would, she had heard it, but like she was going to listen to it again on the way to work. So my mom texted me these verses um, and it, this was her Bible reading after I'd already told her like, hey, listen to this song. A couple minutes later, she texted me um, and it's talking about like God's kindness sometimes doesn't look the way we think it does. And how, like, branches have been broken off. Um, and unbelievers, basically it's saying unbelievers are broken off because of their unbelief. But um, if we stand fast in our faith, like, we don't need to become proud, but we need to fear God. Because for if God did not spare the natural branches, neither will he spare you. Note then the kindness and the severity of God. Severity toward those who have fallen, but God's kindness to you provided you continue in his kindness. Otherwise, you too will be cut off. And so... I don't know. It's just really cool that she read about kindness mm -hmm. after I'd sent her this song. And like, sometimes like it's a good reminder that even when God does things, um, that seeming or allows things to happen that hurt us, it's really only because he's kind and he has a purpose. Mm -hmm. And so like, I like how it puts the like kindness and severity. Mm -hmm. Like God is a very severe God, but I guess he's also a very kind God. Right. Okay, cool. So without going into too much detail about all this, because there's no need to go into all the details, basically, um, I didn't know what we were going to talk about in today's podcast because originally we weren't even supposed to record this today. We weren't even going to be recording at all. So, um, but I didn't know what we were going to talk about. So then God, I started a kindness plan, a plan, you know, and it had um, verses about kindness and um, I don't remember exactly where it is, um, but if I think about it, I'll, I'll link it down wherever. I'll probably forget, to be honest, so no promises. But anyway, it's just basically whoever wrote it, she um, made it into like a PDF where you can save it. And it has different verses, like a list of verses. And you go through the verses um, as your, I guess, Bible reading or whatever for that day. And then she has like two or three questions. I think it's three that she asks you um, about how to find the kindness in the verse and, and how it applies to you and the different things. So the first one was second, or no, no, <laughs> Titus 3 verses 1 through 6. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today, but not kindness necessarily. That's not the only thing, but we're going to, God showed me some things through this passage. Um, so we're really going to be reading verse 2 through 6 if you want to read along. And I'm going to actually, or Anna, one of us, will read it in three different versions. It's just four verses, so it's not very long. Um, so just to get, I like reading in different versions <laughs> um, to kind of get different perspectives. And sometimes they use different wordings. Um, so we're going to read them in King James, ESV, and NLT. Before we really get into it, I want to say that this is, I want to kind of say my, some, some things about this. So, um, in my head, I've broken these four verses into three sections. Um, and then also, I just want to say that this podcast, what we're going to talk about, is really good for several different people. And so, I want to kind of list off a couple things, or a few things, so that you guys can kind of know what you're listening for. So, first off, um, for people who do not have a relationship with God, you are not a Christian, but you're still listening to this, um, this is for you because... One, this shows you the first step to becoming a Christian. This is the gospel. This is the gift of salvation that we're going to talk about toward the end here, um, along with other things before that. So it's really good just to kind of listen to that. And I'm also going, I kind of simplified some things for people who don't really have any terminology that maybe Anna and I have because we grew up in this kind of environment. Um, so like, for instance, my husband, I'll use him, him as an example because I know he won't mind me saying this, but whenever my husband and I had our first, what we call our first God talk um, together, we had been dating, not for very long, but he um, did, he, he was saved, but he did not have anyone to really um, disciple him or mentor him. And he didn't have a good um, Christian environment where he just heard terminology from different things. 
um, for a long time. And so I was actually the first person that God really used to introduce some terms to him. So like salvation, he was saved, but he did not know the term salvation. He Mm -hmm. knew what God, like he, well, he did. He had heard it in the Bible, but he didn't use it all the time. So like when I said, do you know what being saved is? And he's like, well, yeah, (laughs) like I know the the definition of that, but like, I don't know that in the Christian terms. So then I explained it to him. He's like, oh yeah. And then he told me his testimony a bit and he, from what he knew from experience and everything, he knew what that was. So that's just an example of what I mean by that. So I have kind of simplified some of this. Um, so it's really good for people who are not believers. It's also good for that reason and other reasons for new believers who really don't have a lot of knowledge, um, who don't really know a lot about what it means to be in a strong relationship with God quite yet. Um, and then also it's good for people who have been believers for a short time, but also a long time because it's a good reminder of, um, what God has done for you. Um, and you also might need a reminder of some of the things that the new believers also need. So there's that. I just wanted to say that because, um, I feel like that's really helpful for me when people clarify those things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I just want to say all that so you can kind of listen for those things, um, depending on what category you're in of those people. Okay, so we're going to get into it. I'm going to read the King James version of this. We're going to read again, if you want to flip there on your or on your phone or whatever, Titus chapter 3, verses 2 through 6. I'm going to read it in King James version. Oh yeah, also KJV is King James version for the people who don't know. ESV is English Standard Version and NLT is New Living Translation. Um, New Living Translation, I suggest to the people who are completely new to the Bible because it is more on mm-hmm. the story side like it sounds more like a story but it's also not so much like a story that it takes away from what god is saying um in the original context and stuff for the most part now everyone has a lot of people have opinions about nlt so that's just my opinion don't take that as truth you can take that as go research yourself (laughs) um anyway so um all right so king james version this is paul talking to titus Um, to remind the believers of this. Chapter 3, verse 2, this is King James. To speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But after that, the kindness and love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. I'm going to read verse 7 too. That being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Okay, so now Anna's going to read the ESV version. To speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy toward all people. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. And then I'm going to read the last version, which is NLT. They must not slander anyone and must avoid quarreling. Instead, they should be gentle and show true humility to everyone. Once we too were foolish and disobedient, we were misled and became slaves to many lusts and pleasures. Our lives were full of evil and envy, and we hated each other. But when God our Savior revealed his kindness and love, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ our Savior. Because of his grace, he made us right in his sight and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. Okay, so that's the podcast. Drop the mic. (laughs) <laughs> that's Bye. it the word of the lord speaks for itself you know what uh, i'm saying it does it does i separated this into three sections and this may be obvious to a lot of people but it might not be to others so the first section is um if we were to read verse one it would be verse one and two um and i don't really have a title for these sections other than the third sections but the, the third section but the first section verse one and two is basically 
um, God telling us through Paul and, well, through Paul, that as believers, this is, it's, it's kind of like, oh, okay, yeah. So earlier when I was doing this, um, making my notes and stuff, I kind of thought if I were a new Christian or someone who, like, well, yeah, specifically, this is what I was thinking. If I were a new Christian who did not have a lot of knowledge about the Bible, um, or about God or anything, but I, I now have accepted his gift of salvation, I am a follower of Christ. Um, and I don't know what to do. Like if someone came up to me and was like, you just need to be Christ-like. Okay. But I don't know what that means. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, so obviously, well, maybe not obviously, you know, um, but you know, ultimately the best way to become Christ-like and to be more like Christ is to have times with God where it's just you and him hanging out, having quiet times, studying his word, letting him speak to you through that, um, talking to him in return, having a relationship with him. And through that, he's going to transform you which we'll get into a little bit later with the third section. But, um, and through his transformation, you will become more like Christ. But if you are just starting out and you don't know what people are trying to tell you when they say, just be Christ-like, like do what God would do, do what Christ would do. You know, that sounds so simple, but it's not for everybody. So, um, and that's okay if you're in that spot. So if you are just someone who is like, I don't know what that means. Um, this is not everything that you would need to know, but this is a good one good place to start is just to read this and then go through and say okay I'm going to read verse one and two what well but we're reading we're starting with two but so if we were to start with verse two speak no evil of or speak evil of no one to avoid quarreling to be gentle and to show perfect courtesy toward all people so there you go there's your list of a few things that you need to work on and this is how you work on it I'm going to quickly say these things because I realized this morning I heard something and I was like, a lot of people don't know these things. Like mm -hmm. they don't know. So I'm not going to go into way, way extensive detail, but I'll very quickly say a way that you could do this is you could take this verse specifically and write down each thing and then study each thing in, in depth. You could spend a day or a week on each thing if you really wanted to and go through and say, for instance, to speak evil of no one. Okay. Well, think of in your head, what does that show you? You know, wor words um, that could replace those. So gossip. You're not speaking ill of someone. You're not mm -hmm. gossiping. You're not talking bad about them behind their back. So you could go then and look up um, if you have a what um, what's called a topical Bible, which we have one here in our home. Um, it's really great. It, it's a Bible that throughout the whole Bible, you go through each page and in each page or most pages will have topics. So like gossip will be one of them. And you go to gossip and it will um, tell, show you all the verses in the Bible that talk about gossip or whatever, you know, or, or speaking ill or whatever. And, and so you could do that or you could Google it, which is always a good thing. You know, you could find scripture on it there and then you could study that specific thing, um, gossip or whatever on your own and see what God says about that. And then you fill your head with those things, memorize the verse or at least be familiar with them, write them down, put them um, around your house, in your car, whatever. And that's that, that's like one way that you would you agree? I mean, yeah. that's, you know, um, you know, and then that's how you fill your head with those those scriptures, those things. Um, so, you know slowly how to become someone who doesn't gossip as often, if ever. Um, and then you go to the next one, you know, to avoid quarreling and you do the same thing and you can really break it down and spend a lot of time on each one. So that's just for people who, who needed to hear that. So anyway, so if you're someone who, who doesn't know like how to be Christ-like, that's, that's one way to do it. So that's the first section though. This is just like a kind of a, I don't want to say rule book, yeah, but in very simple terms, rule book, you know, I don't like using that term, but in simple ways, that, that is kind of what it is. That's the first section, just kind of a reminder or maybe new to some of us, some of you, like this is what you do, don't do. Next section is verse three. A lot is packed into just one verse here, but for we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy. Um, oh, hated by others and hating one another. So there are seven sins listed in this that are pretty common for a lot of, well, anybody who is not saved. And then even us who are saved, we still struggle with these sometimes. But the closer you are to God and the more you let him transform you, the fewer times you struggle with these um, and the more like Christ you become. So um, we're going to list off these, these seven um, in a minute. But then the third section is the but God section. That's what I call it. And a lot <laughs> of people have heard that little phrase a lot of people use it but if you haven't it's saying you know all of these things that came before God before um I was a Christian before he saved me um 
I struggled with all these things or all these things were going on in my head. But God came to me and then um, I accepted his gift and he is transforming me every day. So that's the book, the but God section. Mm-hmm. And that's a section that really shows you the gospel or what it means to be saved, what salvation is and all of that and how amazing and how kind he is through that. What God led me to do through this is I kind of did some research on some of these words. So we're just going to kind of on two of them, I guess, kind of. And um, so I'm going to say I went through several different sources and the ones I really took note of and used the most were um, BibleRef.com. There's an app for that as well. And I actually have that app and I use it every time I have my quiet time because I, I do my, I read my scripture. I talk with God. I do whatever I do. And then I go to my BibleRef.com app and it has commentary and context and stuff like that on it. And I mm-hmm. go to that and read it just for another opinion. But I also suggest... Don't just use one commentary all the time because commentaries are just that. They are opinions based off of people's beliefs of and, and knowledge of God's word. Yeah. So um, don't take their opinion as the Bible. Read the Bible and study that as the Bible because it's the Bible. Not me only ever using one commentary. Well, I use this one mostly. <laughs> um, that's the one I use the most. But then also for stuff like this, I use a lot. So I use BibleRef.com, BlueLetterBible.org, Strong's Concordance, which I have the app, but you can also Google it. You can look that up. And then Dictionary.com for some basic things. And then PreceptAustin.org, which I hadn't heard of until recently, but that one is a good one for really diving deep. They go into every single word of the verse, and they have several, they have a few different commentaries on it, but they also go into the original language of that word and go through the history of that. So that's a good one. Okay, so we're going to start with... Titus 3.2. A word that really stood out to me that I have no idea why because it sounds like such a basic word, but it really kind of perplexed me a little bit was gentle. Yeah. I don't know why, honestly. Some people might be listening to this like, wow, that's kind of dumb. But really, it did. It kind of perplexed me. I was like, hmm. So what does it mean to be gentle? Because I guess you could, like to me or to a lot of people, maybe you can think gentle is like the very basic definition of it. Like, mm-hmm soft and gentle like you think you know i think of my son like when i tell him to be gentle with the cat you know what That's i mean funny. i was literally thinking yeah that, like you tell kids like when they're getting too rough with each other you're like oh be gentle yeah be gentle yeah but i was like but god is not always that type of gentle he's very <laughs> firm and stern with us sometimes and it's not soft it's not you know what i mean yeah it's still kind because it comes from the kindness and love of him but it's not soft like it's not gentle you know what i mean yeah so i think that's why it kind of <laughs> kind of was like stumped me so i went a little a little bit deeper into it and there's not a lot to it but basically you could really dive deep into this word but the greek word i'm not even going to try to pronounce it because i won't be able to e i'm going to spell it so get ready you can write it down and look it up yourself it's the greek word for it e p i e i k e S. That's the Greek, original Greek word for this gentle. And um, gentle is not the only word used in this passage. It depends on the, the translation you use. And according to the Strong's Concordance, it says that the definition is suitable, suitable, sorry, suitable, equitable, fair, mild, and gentle. Then I went a little further and equitable was one that not a lot of people might really know what that means. So I found the basic definition of it. And this is what really helped me understand part of this word. And I read a bunch of different things on this, but this is what I really felt like I needed to write down for the podcast. And equitable is fair and impartial. Fair doesn't always mean soft, like I'm touching the cat softly and gently. (laughs) Um, Fair could be more stern. Yeah. You know, but it's fair. It's not unjust. It's not unfair. Hmm. And impartial. You're hearing people out rationally Um, you know, you're being impartial to what they have to say, meaning you may not agree with it, Mm -hmm. but you're not going... You're being objective. Yes, yes, exactly. Because you understand where they're coming from, even if you don't agree with it. Yes. Um, and that's something that a lot of Christians struggle with, and I have too myself at times, for Mm -hmm. sure. Um, and it's something that I've really had to learn, um, by taking my own experiences in my past, my sin, my very sinful ways that some I still struggle with and some I don't anymore, thankfully. But, um... You have to really be impartial because you've been there. And we're going to go into that in a minute. So that was the first thing with gentle. And then the next thing was in the ESV version, it says for the universe to show perfect courtesy to all people. That's the English standard version. 
I want to say all people means every single person, whether they are believers or non-believers, whether they're your sister or your cousin or an acquaintance or the person that annoys you at work, you are to show perfect courtesy <laughs> to all people. So other words for courtesy, um, and I'm not going to go into details about like all the places I found these, but um, you need to do your own research, I suggest. Other words for courtesy in this case would be consider or would be consideration, gentleness, meekness, and humility. We all have a good idea of like humility, meekness, maybe not so much. That's one that's used um, in the Bible. Meekness is also in some translations for the fruit of, um, when you study the fruit of the spirit. Right. Um, consideration was one that I saw, and I looked into that one. So, according to the preceptaustin.org, um, or, I don't know if article is the right word, but their study on this, um, I have a quote here. So, consideration describes the quality of not being overly impressed by a sense of one's self-importance, end quote. Meaning, be humble, which humility was one of the words that I also used in that. Be humble and reasonable toward all believers and non-believers because you are guilty as well. Hmm. So we're going to stop here for a second. What we're about to read in verse 3 is basically, in my opinion, what I got from it. God saying to believers through Paul, I'm going to knock you off your high horse here because these are things you should be doing or not doing because you are a believer. But here's why. Because you were once there. So don't forget that, like this says, the consideration describes quality of not being overly impressed by a sense of one's self-importance. You're not more important than that non-believer. Mm. Because you were there once too, mm -hmm. and you still struggle in falling in your sin, and I am transforming you. So get off your high horse, because you struggled once, so don't think of yourself more important. Be rational in your thinking. So now we're going to move on to verse 3, our second section. It says in the ESV, For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others, and hating one another. So this... <laughs> Anna's like, yeah, it knocked me off my high horse. <laughs> That's how I felt, really. And so, yeah, it's it's pretty, yeah. <laughs> so, um, I didn't go into super big detail like I did a couple of the ones from verse 2 for some of these words. But verse 3, when you say foolishness in this version, um, another one would be ir irrationality. And I don't remember where I got that. I didn't take note of that, I guess, for some reason. It was probably by BibleRef.com, to be honest. Um, so foolishness, you could put irrationality in there as a synonym. As a synonym. Um, I really wanted to point that out because if you think about it, the further we are from God, the more irrational we are. And it could be in your reactions to people. Like mm -hmm. it could be they say something that kind of ticks you off a bit. And so you like are irrational in your response to someone. <laughs> and then another thing could be. Like your finances, for instance, you could be a lot of people, a lot of us struggle being irrational in our finances. Um, so there's that, you know, it could be several things. Just input your personal struggle with foolishness and irrationality, <laughs> I guess. The next thing in that verse is led astray or misled was the other one that I got from Bible Ref. That's the word they used in their commentary. And then um, slaves to various passions and pleasures. That's what it says in the ESV. Um, I really kind of liked the way that Bible Ref used also in their commentary, the way they worded it, and it said, addicted to desires and experiences. Oof. Yeah. So I like that because slaves, you know, we know what that means, obviously, but then you kind of put another word in there and it says addicted. So that really is even more specific. Oh, man. Yeah. Various passions and pleasures, desires and experiences. So Anna, do you have any thoughts? Anna is going to be our commentary on the podcast today, and Gosh. I'm going to bounce back with her a bit if there's anything that God leads me to say. Going back to verse 2, I really um, like that you mentioned the part about gentle, but the word courtesy really stuck out to me because um, I like the way that, that definition from preceptaustin.org, <laughs> <laughs> I like that um, it says, I'm going to read it again, consideration describes the quality of not being overly impressed by a sense of one's self-importance. I really, that that kind of hit me because mm -hmm. I, you don't think of being, you don't think of considerate either as being like, as as you reflecting on yourself, mm -hmm. right? You know, I don't I don't think of the word considerate and self reflect usually. Mm. Oh, that's good. Usually, I think being considerate is letting someone out, like when in into the lane, you know, when they're mm -hmm. trying to turn, or like being considerate is, you know, if I'm getting a drink, picking one up for my coworker mm -hmm. or whatever. Like I think of considerate being consideration being like acts mm -hmm. that you do. But, but I it like comes inward. It's yeah, kind of, yeah. And so, it, but yeah, you're right. It, it stems from what's inside. So, like, I like this idea of 
like you you need to reflect and be like you're not you know not be overly impressed by a sense of your own self-importance not being not being so self-focused other people's actions and what they do through like a lens of pride i don't know i just had never heard consideration like being defined that way Mm -hmm. so being basically like you said like being humble and reasonable toward believers and non-believers because Mm -hmm. you know we're equally as sinful and guilty um and the difference is is that we know jesus Mm -hmm. that's literally it and if you think about it you know consideration courtesy you don't think of you being courteous to someone always from an inward thing either it's the Mm -hmm. same exact thing which is what you're saying but with different wording wording so and like all the other synonyms that i listed like gentleness meekness humility those all come stem from within. Like you can do a courteous act, but it's like God says in his word, you know, you can do all these good acts, but basically, you no, know, this is a paraphrase, but basically if you do them without the love of God within you, mm-hmm. then it's all for not, it's all for nothing. Yeah. You're yeah. not planting seeds for God's kingdom. So it's not even doing any actual good for his kingdom. No, it's not. You know? And I think, man, this is for me, I struggle with this. Um, not necessarily with believers versus non-believers, um, but more so with people I like versus people who annoy me. Yes. Um, <laughs> for instance, if, if I love you, like yeah. everything, like there's not, you can do no wrong to me basically. Yeah. Like I have very black and white thinking, I think when it comes to the way I perceive other people. And so like Sarah here could say something that hurt my feelings or whatever, but because I love her so much, like I'm quick to forget it. Mm. But if like that coworker at work who really annoys me and gets on my last nerve and I really like to be frank, couldn't care less about her and her life, which sounds terrible. Like, but I don't it's mean relatable. that. No, no, no. I yeah. don't mean that, like, extreme. Like, obviously, I have love, you know, for my coworkers and stuff and for people in general. But, like, this coworker that, you know, she's kind of annoying. She calls in all the time, whatever, inconveniences our lives. I don't know. I then, like, view her through a lens of, like, every time she tells me something or every time she does something, it's, like, cost for me to, like, roll my eyes mm-hmm. and be like, like, she's at it again, or whatever. Yeah. You know, like, and that's just an example. Um, But, I mean, it could be with anything. So, for me, I don't know, just really not being, showing perfect courtesy to everybody. Yeah. Um, That's something that I really struggle with, and I've been struggling with lately. And so, that's hilarious that we're talking about this today, because, like, the the Holy Spirit literally kind of laid this on my heart last night, Um, before, and I didn't even know we were talking about this today. But just, last night, I was on... Facebook or something, and I saw a post from someone that I'm kind of annoys me sometimes. And immediately, my first reaction was kind of huff, kind of to huff and roll my eyes. Mm. And like, why is that? You Without know? even reading it, you mean? Well, no, I had read it. Oh, 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 okay. But like, if someone else who I loved, like Sarah, and who's automatically like quote unquote good in my head, mm-hmm. had posted it, I would have been like, oh, whatever, blah blah blah. Like, mm-hmm. isn't it funny how, yeah, the way that you perceive people affects like and and it's not about yourself you don't need to be um you you need to well it's like the knock you off like you know knock you off your high horse you know you're not you're not above them because you have god and they don't or whatever it is right. you know what i mean or because um, they happen to be more annoying to you or whatever yeah and and i feel like it's very common for a lot of us to do that where whenever we huff and puff at things like that and, and we may not mean to do this like we're not actively thinking oh well i am huffing and puffing because i'm better than this person but it's that kind of mm-hmm. inward attitude that we have that we don't even realize sometimes yeah um and that's where it's dangerous because we need to um address those right and oftentimes the reason that these people tend to annoy me or whatever is because i don't perceive them i mean a lot of the times it is maybe well and maybe it is because they're not saved mm-hmm. but if they are it's because I don't perceive them to be as far on their spiritual walk as I might yeah, be or whatever. And, yeah. And that's not the that's not a judgment for me to make. Right. I'm not the Holy Spirit. No, because you are just the same as they are. Yeah. And well, and I'm not saying that. I'm not preaching at no, you. you. No, know I know, I, I mean? know. Yeah. Like, exactly. And that's exactly what this is saying. You need to remember, like, you were there once, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you probably still are in some ways. Yeah, and if it's someone who's unsaved or someone who is um just objectively not as far along on their spiritual walk. Like, say you've been saved for 10 years and this person's only been saved for 10 months. You know, you can't expect other people to be... Um, and I'm not saying that you're... Like, how long you've been saved has to do with your spiritual walk. Well, no, but, like, yeah. say you've been actively pursuing Christ for a lot longer than this other person has and they're not as far and they don't know. Like, 
we were once there ourselves. Exactly. Just because you have this knowledge things, doesn't mean they do. And there's do. still things that we, that God can teach us for the rest of our lives. Like, there's always something to learn. We're not going to know everything. You can't be a, at the peak of your learning. Like, you're always yeah, going to have. Yeah, you're always going to yeah. have more to learn. Yes, and grow. And, yeah. Yeah, that's good. So, going back to verse, or moving on to verse 3, um, the other thing that stuck out to me was the part where it talks about being slaves to various passions and pleasures. And then um, from BibleRef.com, um, the definition meaning addicted des- desires and experiences. Um, and I, so I think for me, um, it made me think of this quote by Charles Spurgeon, which says, If Christ has died for me ungodly as I am, without strength as I am, then I cannot live in sin any longer, but must arouse myself to love and serve him who hath redeemed me. I cannot trifle with the evil which slew my best friend. But the reason why that made me think of that quote was because we can't be slaves to our sin anymore because Jesus has paid for our freedom, right? And if we know him and we trust in him and, like, we're his sons and daughters, then, like, it doesn't matter how addicted you are to desires and ex- experiences. Like, you might have um, – there's obviously all kinds of different lusts and addictions that we struggle with. And experiences – oh, my gosh, experiences can feel so good, right? Right. So whether you're, like, watching porn or you're having – um sexual encounters with people or you are addicted to the experience you feel or like how you feel when you drink right i don't know or addicted to the feeling that you get when um you're gossiping about someone mm-hmm. right and that feeling of little like right. that sense of superiority you feel like yeah because like, oh, yeah, you're putting someone down to up yourself yeah, yeah or whatever it is like i like the way that charles spurgeon says it like if christ has died for me and godly as i am and this also goes back to like this is how we once were like jesus saw us in our need and in our sin, and he looked upon us. And one of my favorite words to describe Jesus is like, like I love it when the Bible talks about Jesus looked on them and he had compassion. Mm. Because that's how he looks at us. Like, he looks at us and he has compassion for us. Right. Because, um, yeah, he understands. Yeah. And his yeah. heart is just greatly stirred for our benefit, right? And so, um, like, if Jesus died for me, then I cannot live in sin any longer, but must arouse myself to love and serve him who hath redeemed me. And so it takes effort. Mm-hmm. is what like Spurgeon is saying is it takes effort to rouse yourself and be like no I can't live this way anymore because Jesus paid for my freedom right um I cannot trifle with the evil that killed my best friend so if you think of Jesus as your best friend and if you think of him like not just as your savior not just as some you know being who died for you and like took your sins like yeah that's all I mean like I'm not trying to diminish that but when you um Seek an intimate relationship with Christ. Think of him as your best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. There's yeah. a verse, I think it's in Galatians, for freedom Christ has set us free, let us then not submit to a yoke of slavery. So, like, Christ set us free, why are we still going back to our sin? Mm-hmm. Especially when Jesus is so much better. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't even be messing with the evil that's killed your best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, so... You might be addicted to these desires and experiences, and I know there's been plenty of desires and experiences that I have been addicted to, um, and some I currently am addicted to, but I can't trifle with that. I can't mess with that because, like, oh my gosh, thinking about the gravity of what Jesus paid for us, like living a perfect life, not deserving any of it, and yet he still acts on me in his kindness and his compassion for me and loves me. Mm-hmm. Like, why am I still messing with that junk? Right. You know, so I don't know. It's just very sobering to think about. Hey, everybody. Editing Sarah here. So basically there was more stuff um, after the point that you just heard, but I had to take a lot of it out. And then on top of that, there have been a lot of technical difficulties going on with this episode. That's why it just sounds a little choppier than usual and and just there's there was a lot going on um the devil was really attacking which um i had to really take captive of my thoughts there because um i was getting really i don't know lots lots of uh, it was a big roller coaster of emotions a lot of anger frustration all the things so anyway um but here we are and we're gonna put it out there anyway because god still works through it all um, and can do whatever he wants through it. So, um, but anyway, there was more about the third section, the book God section here, but there was a lot of ran, um, rambling going on, and, um, there's rambling going on from me and Anna both throughout this whole 
podcast. That's why some bits sound a little choppy because we had to really um, cut out a lot of little things here and there. And plus it was just like a super long um, episode because of the rambling. So I did have to take out chunks um, here and there. Um, But then also toward the end, the but God section um, was the most important section because I was sharing what salvation was. Um, sharing the gospel, the best the best part of the whole podcast, and I was so tired that I could not focus, and so I was just all over the place. So I'm going to jump on here and cut it short and very quickly, just kind of, well not kind of, I'm going to share the gospel with you guys. So we're going to move on to the third section, the but God section, Titus 3 verses 4 through 6, and I'll probably go ahead and read 7 along with it though um, as I as I read. So if you want to follow along, here we go. This is the English Standard Version. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Once again, drop the mic. So good. So basically, um, very quickly, I'm going to just say that if any of you are on here um, who and, and you're like, you know, I don't, I don't believe all of the things you guys are talking about because I don't even agree that the Bible is true. I don't believe that it's even true. Um, I see where you're coming from. I personally, well, obviously I don't agree, but um, here's the thing. Um, I want you to do your own research on this because this is not the episode for me to go into detail about all this. That's a whole entire different different podcast episode or whatever. We'll, we'll pray about it and see if God wants us to do one over this. But basically, the Bible has pro- been proven to be true. And not just once or twice, on multiple occasions, there have been different tests that um, people, you know, there's there's a test called the inward test where you can literally open the Bible and just go through and there's certain things, not even just like a few, like there's like a crap ton of things that you could take out of um, the contents of the Bible and those things themselves prove that the Bible is true. So there's the inward test and then there's also the outward test and um, it is basically a test taking all uh, sources, like outside sources, in, not including the Bible. Like, you don't even have to open the Bible, but there's all sorts of other things, like outside sources, that prove that the Bible is true as well. And there's also geographical locations that um, line up with the Bible, historical records that prove that um, the Bible is true, and all the things. You know, there's so many things, and there's more. So, I, I really just encourage you to go out there and just, just do a really in-depth, you can't just surface search this, you know, in-depth study of this, because it really is true. So, Moving forward from that little tidbit, we're just, I'm just going to assume moving forward with the rest of this little pod, this podcast that I'm, you just agree with me and that we all believe that the Bible is true. Since we know that the Bible is true, we know a few more things. We know that God is our creator and he created us and he created earth and and all the things within it, all the good of it. And then we also know that heaven is real, that hell is real. We also know, according to the Bible, that we have the free will to decide whether we're going to be obedient to God or if we're going to disobe- disobey Him. And that being said, we have chosen to disobey. <laughs> so, we are sinners. What What is sin? Sin is anything that we do or say or think that goes against God's intended purpose for something, for whatever it is. So anything that, you know, the way that God intended things to go, the way that he made things to be, if we go, if we go against that plan, that intention, then we are sinning. And then along with that, we also know, according to his word, that no sin is greater than the other. So like, obviously, you know, we see um, some sins to be bigger sins than others, like a little white lie is no big deal compared to like, you know, murdering someone. So, you know, but according to God, that little white lie, um, that is just as big of a sin as murdering someone. So what happens when we sin? Well, our punishment is death, is hell. And um, hell is, oh my goodness, awful, 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 awful. Just, you know, punishment for eternity. 
and um, the worst kind of punishment at that. So the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's in Romans. And um, so the wages is also the payment. So the payment of sin is death. But here we go. But God, just like it says in Titus 3 and also the verse I just quoted out of Romans, the goodness and loving kindness of our God, of God our Savior appeared. So God could have easily said, okay, so since the payment of sin is death, bye. Like you sinned, you didn't choose me, you didn't accept me, you didn't do things according to the plan that I laid in stone. And so you go to hell. Bye. But he didn't because just like it says in Titus chapter 3, it says in verse 4, but when the goodness and loving kindness out of the kindness of who he is, he loved us so much that instead of just saying bye and sending us off to hell, he said, no, I'm going to give you a gift. I'm going to give you something so that you can take it and come spend et- excuse me, eternity with me instead of going to hell. I don't want you to suffer for all eternity. I love you. And because I am kind-hearted, I'm going to give you a solution. So what he did was he sent Jesus Christ, his only son, who is perfect because he is God, and he sent him in human form. So in order for us to defeat death defeat our punishment we have to basically be life we don't have the power on our own to say no i'm going to defeat death i'm going to come back to life on my own with no one else's help and i'm going to live for eternity no you can't do that god can though so he sent jesus in human form jesus grew up on earth so he was tempted um just like we were but he said no to all of them because he is god and he is sinless he never sinned once while he was on earth no matter the temptations um, that were thrown at him. And believe me, they definitely were thrown at him. And so he is perfect. And because he is perfect and he is God, God is life and Satan is the king of death. And so because God is life and Jesus was sinless, still is, he was able to defeat death and come back to life because of who he is. And so because of that, because we had that perfect sacrifice that we needed in order to save us, he was that perfect sacrifice and he did it for us. So he paid our for our punishment to be gone. He paid for it by dying. He was crucified. He was tortured. So after he died, three days later, he was buried. And three days later, he defeated death. He came back to life. And when he did that, that was the payment that we needed so that we wouldn't have to go to hell. And he did that for you and for me. He was tortured for you. He died for you. He was spit upon and mocked for you. So he did it for us. And whenever he came back to life, that moment is whenever the whole we had access to the Holy Spirit. It was because he did it was because Jesus did that for us and came back to life that we have access to the Holy Spirit. So for anyone who doesn't know really quickly, there is three entities within God. So there's God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, our Savior, and the Holy Spirit, which is the Spirit of God. And so when we accept this gift that Jesus has done for us, that God has done for us, um, the gift of salvation is what we call it because he saved us from from death for eternity. Um, When we accept that gift, which means we believe that it really happened, we believe that God is with us because of it and that we can have a relationship with him and we accept that gift. We say, God, I want you to be the God of my life. I give my life to you. You are um, the only one that I need and I give all control over to you. And so when we do that, we then have the Holy Spirit inside of us. We literally have the Spirit of God living inside of us it's amazing so so anna the other day when we were were recording she told me that she was teaching the kids um some of the kids at her church the other day and i think she said they were first and second graders or it was around that age i know i know for sure there were second graders in there and they were teaching the kids about the holy spirit and there were three uh, fundamental things that the holy spirit does for us that they went over in that class and so she shared it with us on the podcast Um, So I wanted to share it again with you guys because it really is just, you know, the 
basis of what the Holy Spirit does within us. He shows us our sin so that we can repent. He comforts us and he guides us. Wow. (laughs) So I feel like that is pretty basic, but if you don't understand it still fully, it's totally fine. I'm going to tell you at the end of this podcast a way that you can contact us and talk to us more about this if you feel it to or if you really just have more questions. But anyway, so he shows us our sin to repent so that we can repent. He comforts us and he guides us. So the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, God, the same, this blows my mind, the same Spirit that God has. It is his Spirit That spirit is literally living inside of me right now because I am saved. So amazing. And so, um, yeah, and and he is the one that, he does things through me. It's it's astounding. It's miraculous. It's supernatural. All the things that God can do through me. Um, But anyway, again, we're not going to go into too extensive detail about that right now. But so that's the basis of like what salvation is. Um, and why, you know, why it's a thing, because we are sinners, and we needed that, um, so yeah, I hope that that made sense, I pray that that made sense, I hope that at least one of you, you know, really grasps onto it, and just really, really chews on it for a while, and, and acts upon it, and becomes a Christian out of this, because that's the most important thing you can do, so thanks for listening to this podcast, again, I know it was kind of a lengthy one, but you know, it was worth it, um, again, also, sorry, it was a little choppy, a lot of things <laughs> were going on, and I'm just really praying that the next podcast goes more smoothly, that would be really nice, but if not, it's okay, so you guys are still getting the gist of what we're talking about. So our website is also offic- officially launched now, you can go find it at www.worshipwarriorlifestyle.com. Our Instagram page is also up. It is worship underscore warrior underscore lifestyle. And if you really want to keep up to date on episodes coming up or new things coming out in the future, our Instagram page is where you need to be. Um, If you don't have Instagram, that's totally fine. You could also just go to our website, like I said. Uh, Yeah, so also on our website, there is a contact page. And on this page, there's a little paragraph talking about... um, kind of the gist of the things that we are looking for when you contact us but honestly you can talk to us about anything you want or need to but um anyway so read that paragraph when you go to that page and also there's some boxes underneath it that you put your name in there and your email and then there's a message box and you can send us a message but make sure to put your email in because if you don't we won't know how to reach you um but also if you struggle with checking your email put it in there anyway but also in the message box put in there your, if you have an Instagram page, um, put your Instagram thing in there and we will find you on there as well. And we can message you on there as well. But, um, I will say just in case for some reason we can't or don't message you on Instagram, put your email in there because that is how we can reach you, um, for sure. So yeah, um, thanks again for listening guys. Stay tuned and I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week and please share the gospel with one of your friends or family or at least plant scenes plant seeds of loving kindness like the father did with us he shared his loving kindness with us so you should share loving kindness with your family and friends because of the love god has given you all right have a good one